Ronnie Johnson is a peerless filmmaker because he can make a movie... This sentence is going to sound crazy. He can make a bad movie, which is Looper, that is a good movie. Yeah. Like, if you look at Looper from almost any direction, you're like, that's a bad movie. Uh, Script's not there. Uh, Not a whole lot happens. Not everything is explained. Nothing about Looper other than how he chose to direct it is good. Yeah. But his creative voice is so strong, they're like, Looper's pretty good. What I have picked up from the pre-roll at Alamo Drafthouse is that Ryan Johnson will just on a lark say, I want to do a this genre type of movie. Yeah. Then he will consume the best of those types of movies. And then he will write and direct a peer to the best kinds of those movies. And then he's just kind of like... Yeah, I'm kind of done with that genre of movie now. Uh, that That is... Uh, if you are the kind of Star Wars pervert who's an idiot... Uh, you could probably make a case that that is what he did with Star Wars... Because he had the opportunity to make a Star Wars movie. He immersed himself as much as he possibly could in everything Star Wars. Made a great one of those. And at least for the for, for the near future, does not want to make another one. He does want to work on The Mandalorian. He does. He did say that. Because yeah. you know why? It's an episodic western. So he's going to submerge himself in <laughs> yeah. the best episodic westerns. And he's going to make the, the best. It's uh, crazy that everyone's talking about this Mandalorian show, and they love it so much. And it's just gun smoke. Yeah. And I love it. Well, I, I love that it's just gun the smoke. The internet has actually started to turn on it, because there's a bunch of fanboys out there going... Another filler episode? And it's Um, like, wait, there can't be filler episodes. It is an episodic western. Yeah, it isn't. Here's the thing. Every episode is self-contained and wraps up. There's no filler. Every... This isn't a fucking anime. It's Sanjuro. It's Yojimbo. It's uh, High Plains Drifter. It's Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The Lone Ranger. It's every western because it is... It's fucking Little House on the Prairie. It is, there is a problem, principal character enters problem, you get to see how the problem interacts with their chemistry, at the end when they leave, the house is either on fire, or the house has been put out of being on fire, and for a reason, beyond our hero's control, they're forced to leave. Yeah. It's a formula that works. It's like capital W works and is good. Mm-hmm. You TV shows don't have to have every episode being part of a huge interwoven continuity. It, I because mean, it, it <laughs> does have a continuity, but it's not. And the thing is, that they were like starting on episode four took a turn for the worst. It's like you weren't paying attention then. Each it, it started out being episodic. Yeah. You just got blinded by Baby Yoda. Every episode has which is been like that. The Tonto of this universe, you know, yeah. the sidekick. Yes, the gunman has a sidekick that he either takes care of or like teaches, or or those are the two. Yeah, maybe sometimes kills. Yeah, sometimes. But the from from the word go, these were self-contained adventures. Save Baby, get get ship back. Save Baby again. Yes. Just because they had a through line with Baby Yoda being there doesn't mean they were, like, connected in some large, grand, overarching story. No. You just thought they were because you're dumb. It's it's Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub is a series of comics hundreds and hundreds of volumes long. Each one is just shows up 
does a thing in a place, has to leave with the kid. Yeah. That's all this show largely will ever be. And I feel like the closest thing we're going to get to what these perverts want is we're going to get uh, El Pollo Loco bad guy from Breaking Bad is going to show up and he's going to be uh, like a transient antagonist throughout the episodes, potentially. Oh. Ryan Johnson, though, makes the hell out of a good thing. You ever seen Brick? I want to now. It's really good. Uh, he basically, he was like, what if I made a film noir set in the modern day? Better watch hundreds of hours of film noir. And then That's... he made one that is as good as any of the best ones. Like, he, yeah. he, did, exa- he did exactly what you said. Is He's like, mm-hmm. I want to make the best one of this. Warm up? Yeah. Oh. What kind of warm up do you want to do? Not that kind. <laughs> Not the kind where I break my esophagus. Well, no, esophagus I... or esophagus? Esophagus, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Did you just like do a weird <laughs> mind experiment on me where you're like, a correct answer or a completely wrong answer that we both know is wrong? Yeah, I did. morning john and when it rains i wake up and i turn the little fan off that i use for white noise because i can't sleep on account of my tinnitus and just so we can listen to the the rainfall but uh something weird happened this morning and that i turned off the fan and the rain was falling and somewhere in the apartment i heard what sounded like a crying woman like crying over her kids and i just want to ask you john when's the last time you saw Yorona? <laughs> Oh, boy. Week ago. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. I'm being haunted by a woman who lost her children in a river. And I'm John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist and perhaps some other ghost. Who knows? Do you know that this podcast actually helped me in my regular life? Oh, and did it? By helped me, I mean gave me a small tidbit to talk about that creeped people out. Which one? I was uh, talking about La Llorona with some colleagues, and a couple of them knew La Llorona from the their movie. culture. Oh, their culture. From their culture. And then someone else, who is from Scotland, really? I think, okay. uh, talked about, uh, oh, it's a wailing woman. And then someone else said, oh, it's like Woman Hollering Creek in Texas. And I was like, you know, a version of La Llorona exists in almost every culture, which we talked about on the podcast. Yep. Uh, so it almost makes you feel like it's gotta be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the, the flood narrative that pervades so many cultures. Yeah, so there are two things that definitely happened in the past. One, there's a crying woman ghost in all cultures. And two, she cried so much she flooded the world and this is a story of a girl. And people used to say it was death and taxes. Yeah, well, Ben Franklin can go munch off a friend. <laughs> he said that, that was his quote. <laughs> Ben Franklin can go munch off. Munch hey, off. hey, 
Hey, march off. Hey, Studebaker, munch off. March? I said march. <laughs> that is, is I'm going to listen to the edit. <laughs> yeah, well, Ben Franklin can go march off. March off. March off. March off. Munch off is such a good 80s uh, insult. Hey, Poindexter, why don't you munch off? <laughs> Square up or munch off? Yeah, why don't you get munched? Elbows out. Does anyone, uh, here's a question. When we were growing up, a very common insult in my neck of the woods of uh, South Louisiana was butt munch. Yeah, that was for me too. And now the kids are going around munching butts willingly. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that actions are downstream of language. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, cyclical. First yeah. we talk about it, then we do it, and then I guess we talk about it again, <laughs> then we do it. Oh, and at no point does it leave the cycle, it just keeps happening. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, um, bell-bottom jeans. It's uh, boots with the fur? Yeah, apple-bottom apple Oh, jeans. I'm sorry. Boots with the fur. I'm sorry. It is December. You haven't heard from us in two weeks. We had delightful Thanksgiving holidays and then obligations that tied us up that in no way have anything to do with the podcast. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, no, there was no uh, special content being planned. And I know the way that we're framing this absolutely makes it sound like that was the case. It really honestly wasn't. Look, we can't all be Sean Evans from Hot Ones who got his own game show where people eat hot wings while answering trivia questions. And we can't all be uh, Dr. Disrespect, famous Twitch streamer, who is now working with some network to get his own television show. And we can't all be Jeremy Renner, who stars in their own feature film, Arctic Fox's Winter Rescue. These are things that we can't do, because one, nobody knows we exist. Two... We're not famous. We can all be Jason Derulo getting cast as Rum Tum Tugger in Cats. We can all be Taylor Swift, who has an original song in Cats. Getting cast as Belinderina? Mm, I don't know. Mm. I slept through Cats. Really? Yeah. I have a lot of Cats facts to give you. I don't need them. Let me tell you about Old Deuteronomy. I've seen it. You ever hear of the heavy side lair? Yes, that's the whole thing. Monkastrap? Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Buster for Jones? Mm. I've been reading a lot. Here's the thing. I've never seen Cats, but I have been reading a lot about what it. What about Skimbleshanks? Skimbleshanks is one of them. Yeah. Jenny Many Dots? Oh, man. She's got... She's the one with the many dots. Buster for Jones is the fat one. Anyway, I cut you off. We have no special content. We, mm-hmm. we in fact... We we were discussing before this episode started recording that uh, we only have two weeks of content really left for the year, and we in no way have any plan. I feel like we used to have a better handle on this. Yeah, I feel like we used to do something around the end of the year, which gave us a good, easy out to not come up with content when we were surrounded by holiday obligations. I think I forgot. You know, like, the holidays come, and they ruin the entire year. And because, like, there's all su- suddenly all these obligations pop up. At work, it's like, oh, we gotta finish this up before the new year, even though nothing is based on, like, fucking the calendar Yeah, at, at my work. But then, like, you gotta go travel, you gotta go eat lots of food, and then, like, all these movies come out, you gotta go see all these movies, and then, like... You know, there are Christmas concerts to attend, and you gotta do all the Christmas things. 
And it's like, where, where's, where's room for podcasts? How did we do this in years past? I have no idea how we did it. We're just so busy now. I crave a nice March madness. Like the, the period of like March, April, we're like, finally, these holidays have dried up and we can get back into the swing of things. Yeah. Podcast wise. Podcast wise and life wise. Because I, Enjoy the holidays in spirit, but it's total sensory overload, the amount of shit that you have to do for the holidays. I know. You eat, you travel, you fly, you drive, you eat, you travel, you die. You prepare a list of the the ten best and worst things for the year, as is custom. As is custom. And that everyone has to do and submit to the the grand uh, aggregator that is... BuzzFeed? I don't yeah. know. I don't want to worship a BuzzFeed. I just wish I could remember what we used to do at this time of year. Yeah, and then if it had a catchy name, that would that would help. Yeah, it would really help, but I guess it's gone. I guess it's never coming back. <laughs> what? You don't want to do it? What? We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to find a way. Best worst 2019 is happening. Heard it here first. We put it at the top Heard it of the here worst. We put it at the top of the episode so that we wouldn't forget, and now we're going to immediately forget we said that. No episode will be produced. This episode won't even come out. (laughs) That's so sad. Yeah. I want to talk about this. Hold on. This week we're sponsored by the last five Torpedo Extra IPAs here in Nevada, and John is starting off with our next sponsor... Hans Pills. Hans Pills by the by Real Ale Brewing. Now, I'll tell you now, John. We had cases of extra IPA. Like, we had, like, eight cases that we have steadily, since February, we've been drinking pretty much every week on this podcast. You drink three, I drink three. We get through, like, a six-pack. There's a, each case has 12 in them. So, mm-hmm. it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you now. There are only two cases of the Han Pills, and one was already open. We're almost there. We're almost through my wedding beer. And then we have to start buying different... Oh my god, I crave the taste of a different beer. What's funny is I bought some Live Oak Primus with the with the uh, the thinking that we would get through all these beers in enough time that we could be able to drink it as like a New Year's treat. Uh-huh. That th- that hasn't happened because of the scheduling <laughs> conflicts. Yes, but soon we'll uh, we'll be through these beers and on to greener pastures. Yeah, that Primus. That, oh, I love Primus. I bought it because it was in the the, the seasonal section. Mm-hmm. Is it a seasonal beer? Yeah, it's only out in the winter, I think. Oh, well, I bought it because I, I saw it and I thought of you because you said you liked Primus. So. It's a good beer. You're Tastes welcome. Tastes like banana bread. Oh, uh, fuck. But yeah, the Hans Bills, fine. All right. Extra IPA, fine. So, back, circling back, this was the first long break from the podcast we've had, I want to say, in a really long time. Yeah. I want to say almost, like, a year. (laughs) Sometimes we'll take, like, a week break. Yeah, but this was two solid weeks, and uh, I was kind of going a little crazy. I didn't... Because this is the most creative outlet I have in my daily life because uh, so much of my life has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have this. It was hard to get through <laughs> these two weeks, John. I um, 
I, of course, had multiple improv shows and, and write comedy in my spare time. Uh, oh, you write comedy? I do. You want to, like, help collaborate on anything? Uh, potentially. I've got a thing that I'm trying to submit. Um, I'll tell you about it later. Oh, yeah. Uh, but my creative pursuits have significantly dried up since moving here, but I do perform more, so I don't know. Uh, I just don't spend as much time in that community, but I miss the podcast. Yeah. And especially in my periods of my life where my creative output has been much lower, when, like, one of those avenues gets cut off, you go crazy. Like, you want to tear your own hair out. I was going stir stir crazy at work, because normally what I do, like, I I go to work, I get my work done, Mm -hmm. and in the afternoon, I kind of, like, spend the time researching for the podcast, looking, looking up. What's going on? Trying to get the feel on, on this this wiry beast we call the Zeitgeist, and uh, I was still doing that, but with no outlet. <laughs> like there was no there was I. It's like, I kind of want to save this for the podcast, but but by the time we talk about it, it mm-hmm. will have passed. Yeah. And so what I did was I, I went on Twitter a bunch. That's how it happens. Yeah. You run out of uh, you run out of the ability to generate ideas, and then you go to the T hole. Yeah, the T hole. Now, I think that uh, creating things creatively, eh, don't like that. Creating things is... If you ever need me to punch up any of your writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, citation needed. Uh, but creating things, I feel like, is a basic human need on some level. And being disconnected from that, like, really hurts. Yeah. Because I feel like people need to create almost at every level, unless you're living at, like, pure subsistence. At which point, like... Eight hours of sleep is, I'm sure, like a huge boon. Mm-hmm. But being able to like express yourself outwardly and project yourself onto the world is hugely important. Oh yeah. So uh, I feel for you. I feel bad that you feel that you felt sad. Well, also, what happened in these two weeks is that a uh, winter fucking hit. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of seasonal affective disorder. Oh, sad. Yeah, uh, I have year-long affective disorder. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you lad. You lad. Yeah. Uh, but the cold doesn't help. Yeah, the uh, for me, it's not so much the cold that gets me. It is the days ending sooner. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Uh, one of my least favorite feelings is getting off of work and it being dark out. Yeah, you work until the night now. Yeah, I work until it's like as dark as it's going to get, and yeah. I hate it because I feel like I've spent all day at work. We uh, So we landed for Thanksgiving on Saturday. I don't know why I started the story with that. But Sunday, we went to go see John Cleese. Uh, he was doing a little talk about his life. And it started at 7.30. We were on the road at like 6.45 to go downtown to go see John Cleese. And uh, he pronounces it Cleese. Really? Yeah, John Cleese. Well, huh. adjust accordingly. But uh, it was already dark. Like pitch dark. Like night dark. And it's like 6.45. Yeah. And Jamie was like, it feels like it's 10 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, well, it can't be, because I'm not missing John Cleese drive faster. <laughs> yes. I have to see this beautiful boy. Uh, no, I it, that bums me out. Yeah. Daylight is directly uh, correlated to me having a good time. Right. I used to be one of those people who would, like, stay up for a really long time. I don't like being awake at night anymore. I like the day. Yeah. But, like, when I wake up at the ass crack of dawn, as I always do, and then I get off work... 
at the at the the dick crack of night. Gross. And I I just miss the entirety of the day. I really hate it. You go. Does that mean we go the long way around yeah. the body? We, we go, the, go the, all the way up to the head, then come all the way back down to the crotch. We do all the way around. Interesting. Uh, it it just bums me out. I hate it. Yeah, it's. I hate waking up before the sun, and I hate getting home. And like, I don't like turning on uh, lights when I get home. I, I like let me get as much natural light as I can, mm-hmm. and I'll sit down. I will turn on Twitch for like an hour just to decompress. By the time I get up to like stand up to, to start fixing dinner, it's like, wait, where the fuck did everything? Yeah. Where did the light go? Where'd the sun go? Yeah, where did the entirety of my day go? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I have a, I don't know. I don't know how much we want to talk about our days because a lot has happened. Our, okay, I do have a question because yes. I, it's very suspect of you these days. Do you still work at the same place? They don't say suspect. They say sus. It's very sus. Do you still work at the same place? I do work at the same place. It's very hard to tell because, like, (laughs) before, like, when we got back from the holiday, you were, like, messaging at all times of the day, and that didn't used to happen, and then... Like, today, the, the, the messages started very early, <laughs> and I was like, is he still working at that same place? Yeah, I still work at the same place. It's just, depending on my workload, I have different amounts of, um, different amounts of free time to pursue dumb bullshit. Gotcha. Uh, but no, I still work at the same place, regrettably. Yeah. Alright, well, we don't have to talk about our personal stuff anymore. Let's talk about more things that bum us out. Yeah, let's talk about more depressing things. Welcome to Winter Sad Times. Winter Sad Times and uh, late breaking news. Is that is that when the news is breaking? No, it's... It's already when, broken and now we're covering it? It's when the news is going to break later than you are. It is future news. Alright, well, or, or past news. Pre-news. Which I think is just the news, because they don't cover things that are happening now. Well, I don't know what That's news breaking is. news. Yeah, that is breaking Normal news. Normal news, like yeah. newspaper level news. Yeah. Because we're talking about it after. Are we talking about the failing of the failing New York Times? I don't know if they covered it. Oh. In fact, not a lot of people covered this, but a, a good friend of mine, friend of the podcast, Jeff, brought up to me on a random Monday night. I play uh, games with a group on Monday night. And he was like, so Henry, what do you think about this Fast and Furious news? Where uh, apparently they're going to bring Paul Walker's character back. To which I said, what the fuck did you say to me, you punk? You think you know shit about Fast and Furious? I'm the Fast and Furious correspondent here. And then like I did a quick Google search. Stop playing the game. It was a multiplayer game in the middle of a match. And like broke down crying because of what I read. It is... uh... At least from what I've been able to tell, I don't know who the sources are, but it appears to be true. It is somebody close to a casting director. So this could be early days stuff. This could be like, hey, just get this person, um, get one of these because we might need it. That's what I thought at first, but then I think the director has come out. And it's not Justin Lin anymore. It's not the person who's been doing the the past few ones because he stepped away to do other projects. As far as I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this new guy was like, no, no, no. We're, we were thinking about bringing uh, Brian O'Connor back. For Fast and Furious 10. 9. Isn't 9 the next one? Yes. That is filming right now? Yes. That is insane to me. Which which is insane because like they're doing filming, so why are they still casting? Yeah, that seems... That's odd. That's very odd. It seems like a late addition. Yeah. And... It... <laughs> 
Everything about this is wrong. We did a send-off. We sent the man off. Yes. In one, in one of a series that does not have many of these, but in one of the most beautiful moments in the Fast and Furious franchise, in a, in a famous mo- moment yeah. in movie history, yeah. that character was sent off. To a song that is now famous for that thing. And a song that when it comes on the radio, I immediately switch it off because I don't I yeah. don't need that when I'm driving home in rush hour traffic. And those movies handled the death of an actor who had been in that many movies with that many different people so well. Because for a glorious moment at the end of that movie. The the characters in the movie were aligned with and shared the bodies of Blade Runner twenty forty nine style yeah. with the char- with the actors that play them yeah, yeah the characters and the actors became the same people in that moment yeah yeah and so they they had the option to never bring them again like you know early nineties sitcom style where. A brother goes up the stairs and never comes down, or a sister goes up the stairs and never comes down again, which I think happened on, like, Family Matters. I don't know. I don't know either. It was referenced, and it's in the zeitgeist. They could have done that, but for some reason in Fate of the Furious, they're like, oh, maybe we should bring Brian in, or Mm -hmm. O'Connor in, I don't know the exact line, and Don Trudeau was like, no, we're, we're never bringing them in again. Yeah. So again, like, finality. Yes. It is done. Yeah. There is absolutely 0% reason to want to, for the inclination or, or, or the instinct to try to bring him back. That should not exist from a writing standpoint. There's no reason. there. I You could not convince me of a good reason to bring a dead man back to life. You could write a character to do anything he would be capable of in a script or any emotion... And the only thing you're going to do is creep out an audience. Yeah. Now, my feelings on this are complicated because you... Not complicated that I feel two ways about it. uh, But that it does open up more interesting philosophical questions that are very much in the zeitgeist right now. So, the most simple take that I have is bringing back Paul Walker's character for a future Fast and the Furious movie is a ghoulish thing to do. Yeah. Uh, You absolutely should not do it. It's disrespectful. And pointless. Yes. Um, and I would consider stopping watching these movies if they did that. Wow. I don't know that I would, but I would consider it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, uh, the thing that it brings to mind is that we are slowly, uh, but increasingly, and uh, with increasing speed, starting to live in a world where identity and appearance and voice are much more uh fungible when yeah. it comes to representation in media because you have like if you look back two three years of things like deep fakes you know you use like um machine learning to map faces onto people you do uh innocent things like you put nick offerman's face onto the face of uh every character in the intro to full house yeah uh, or you do nasty awful gross things like put people's faces onto porn videos which is I don't even want to get into how disgusting and weird that is. And like a huge violation of, of personal image and yeah, among the, other things. There, there is not someone in that entire equation who is not uh, violated or a violator yeah. uh, of some basic human rights to identity. And then you have the things that are starting to seep into popular culture, especially now because 
at the lesser end of the spectrum, you have the uh, in young end uh, Robert De Niro in oh. The Irishman, made to look like a 35-year-old person, even though he walks like a mummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson got, got young yeah, down he, he for... He de-aged. Uh, de-aged for um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely something that's happening. And then you've got, like, Grand Moff Tar- Tarkin in Rogue yeah. One, and Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Yeah. And then the news that some stupid director's bringing back James Dean... Oh, just so, for a, a, so ludicrous. For a Vietnam movie. Yeah. Uh, basically, the ability to bring back uh, dead people or de-aged people uh, is something that I think a, a, a special cast of Hollywood ghouls has attached to. And then on the more... The farther side, the, the side that I think is looking further into the future, uh, you have your, what I like to call your, uh, your chimeras, your homunculi. You have your, your, uh, deeply fuckable cast of cats. You have your, <laughs> wait, you, hold you, on. You, you have your, your, your supple Sonic the Hedgehogs. Oh, with so many. We are, teeth. we are moving away from. You've got the simulation yeah. into the simulacra of humanity. Yeah. You've got the uh, the weirdly attractive Ryan Reynolds Pikachu. Yeah, the weirdly attractive Ryan Reynolds Pikachu. Uh, it's it's happening. It yeah. is happening. Human beings will no longer be human beings in cinema. You know what's really funny is you know in science fiction, there's always the point of, you know about the singularity, the point where humanity and robotics and AI all kind of come to a single point and renders the human body kind of uh, pointless. We, we ascend to just being data and information into a one collective consciousness, the, the supreme being, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, uh, Neo-Genesis Evangelion is sort of about. Yeah. Um, but I, I never thought that the uh, uh, fucking Hollywood was going to get there first. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Never would I have assumed. Uh, and, and, and writing, yes. Like, in the stories we tell, yes. But not in the like the medium of those stories. I, I didn't realize George Clooney Blob was going to be... <laughs> he won an Oscar for, I don't know, the rest of the joke that I was going to say. Yeah, it, it's a... It's a thorny... Ocean's a billion. Yes, Ocean's a billion. <laughs> uh, Ocean's a... Ocean's a blob. Ocean's a blob. Uh, but no, I, I think that it's... It's a precarious and, and rocky path that we're walking on right now because we have to start. And you know that I'm a big freedom guy. Oh yeah, you you love your freedoms. I love my freedoms. Your, li- your little freedoms. You I, like them. You, you keep them in your little car. I love I love my little freedoms. Uh, but listen, we gotta start making these this shit illegal now. Yeah. It's, well, this is this is the shit that all the fucking tech billionaires who have way too much money have been warning us about. Elon Musk, Bill Gates. Patrick Swayze, <laughs> you know, all of them, all of them. I've been like, hey, we gotta get, we gotta lock this AI shit down because it's gonna like literally be bad for us. And Hollywood's over here like, we're gonna resurrect James Dean with yeah. technology because uh, our scientists got so obsessed with whether or not we could. Yeah, they didn't stop it, to think if we should. The the real Jurassic Park is gonna be one of identity where we're like, hey, uh, we uh, basically brought Marilyn Monroe. 
uh, back to life so she can get her head blasted off with a shotgun in a horror movie or whatever. <laughs> like, it's 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 really horrifying stuff. And because that, Madame Trousseau was like, use the wax, dummy. <laughs> use the wax. Keep me in business. Use the wax. <laughs> it's, uh... What do we do? What do we do? We just lock that shit down and say, you can't fucking recreate shit. Yeah, you can't... I mean, we do live in a, a certain hellish future that no one intended or wanted where people's likenesses yeah. are property. Yeah. So you can recreate someone's likeness. I guess. In in what we live in right now before we start making this shit illegal. But, like, if people don't have control over their own identity posthumously for the purpose of mass media entertainment... We're living in an extremely dark time. Yeah, we're already living in an age where, like, these estates of famous artists have to, like, they have to be kept and, like, they, they patrol to, to protect the art that the artist created within their lifetime. So, like, you know, the, the, Tolkien, the Tolkien estate mm -hmm. won't allow bastardizations of, like, the rest of the work. Yeah. Stuff like that. I just didn't think, like, you know... God forbid when Scarlett Johansson died, that she would have to have an estate so that her face isn't plastered on, like, some type of stand-in for nefarious reasons. And then the nefarious reason is, oh, we don't have to pay an actor. But here's the real concern that I would have, is the most realistic short-term thing that you can do is as an actor now, you have to write into your contracts that after your death or without your... Estates your consent? express permission or the express permission of your estate that your likeness and your identity cannot be recreated for a film, right? Okay. So that's what you could do going forward. However, more actors have died yeah. than you would ever need to fill out a movie. Mm -hmm. So if we did that now, you could pull Laurence Olivier out of the crypt. Yeah. You could put him in a movie. We could sufficiently, at some point in the future, get like deep faked voices where you can fake Lawrence Olivier's voice. What, Lawrence it, of Arabia. What's is it? Lawrence Olivier. I, I believe it is. Okay, but no. I mean that's starting to happen. People are making vocaloids of people who exist and yeah. deep faking their 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 faces onto stuff and getting basically them to say things that they never said. Yeah. It's there, there's a, there's a stupid YouTube channel. I don't know the name of it, but this guy does this show where he hosts like a round table talk with celebrities and it's, it's deep faked uh, faces on impersonators, like impressionists. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's like, Oh, they're the words sound like they're being said by the person and they look like the person in a weird fucking uncanny valley way that's like I don't know how you're going to pull this shit off because it does not look real it does yeah. not look natural but like we're already seeing that but you're right so many great classic actors who did their work when they were alive and then were put to rest you could fill an entire movie with them you wouldn't have to pay anyone and we could you could conceive of a dark enough future where there's a movie coming out and they're like, this is, uh, give me a dumb movie. Dumbo. Wait, what? Not Dumbo. What do you want? 
Like uh, National Treasure, even though National Treasure is fine. National but Treasure this is a is, national treasure. This is sir. a National Treasure reboot, a sequel to a National Treasure reboot put out 15 years in the future. It stars George Washington, Muhammad Ali, <laughs> King Kong, well, just pulling yeah. literally anyone from history where they could make like a, a reasonable facsimile yeah. of their face the and their Super voice. Smash Bros. of movies. Yeah, almost every movie could be that way, and then. People's estates could could barter for their Holy likenesses. They're like, fuck. man, I can't believe they got the simulacrum of George Clooney to be in this movie, even though he died 70 years ago from a self-inflicted harpoon wound. <laughs> man, what a way to go out. Yeah. But, but like, if you right now were tr- going to try to make, like, an algorithm to make a s- insanely popular film, you would analyze what, what's done well. And right now, one of the highest grossing films of all time happens to be Avengers Endgame, which features all these characters that we know interacting on the same screen. Yeah. So the bad lesson to take from that is exactly what you said. People like it when there's a bunch of things they recognize on the screen interacting with each other. So yeah, we've got all these famous people from history playing characters. It's fucking Ready Player Goddamn One. Every movie... Could be Ready Player One. Every movie could be given enough time. You know the nightmarish Russian algorithmic children's videos on YouTube? Where it's like Spider-Man strangling the Joker to death? Yeah. Every movie could be that. Every movie could be some pointless story that appeals to people's basest instincts just filled with recognizable faces doing actions that mean nothing. It is the darkest future for entertainment. And you know if they're going to cut corners on the acting, they're going to be like, uh, hey, computer, shit out a story, and it's yeah. going to be like that Olive Garden commercial. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all going to be bad. Unless we <sighs> care and stop it. What the fuck can we do? Uh, we cannot go see movies that do this shit. Well, I'm not gonna go see that James Dean fucking Vietnam movie. And one, because I don't go see war movies. I'm sorry. War movies, I think, had a time and place, and they don't have a time and place right now. Much like war. Uh, now, I mean, we're gonna see the Fast and Furious movie, because... Yeah, we're honor-bound. Yeah. We we don't want to do it. It's for the listeners. Also, I'm very curious on yeah, what, what yeah, it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, I know. It's I bad. know. It's bad. And the thing is, it's like, not a lot of sources picked up that story. So one, maybe it's not real. God, I hope it isn't. Two, maybe it's like they thought about it, the, 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 they put it out there, they shoot it, and then it gets cut from the film, because that happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, three, we're still going to go see it, so I guess... We'll talk about it. We'll, How could... We'll talk about it when we see it, and then we can see it and criticize it, call it out, mm-hmm. and still disagree with the practice of it, while unfortunately still giving them money, because there's no way to not do that. Yeah. We could sneak in. Sneak in the Alamo. Sneak in the Alamo. We use your... My season pass. Your season pass. Because I'm giving my Alamo... But not direct, probably in some way I'm indirectly yeah. giving. It's tough to say, but listen. Look, Alamo releases their season pass, and then when's that coming out? Huh? The season pass. When is it out? I don't know. I've already got it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Within the next few months, maybe? I, I feel like it. I was one of the last few people to get it. Oh, they just, they, uh, 
They're just giving it to every swinging dick that walks through the door. I need it. We go see so many movies. I saw Frozen 2, John. Hey, you want to talk about Frozen 2? Did you see it? I did see it. Oh, yeah, we can talk about Frozen 2. But first, (laughs) we're honor bound. I I, I mentioned that earlier. So that means we're also honor bound to uh, this headline. Vin Diesel debuts Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers. Uh, animated series that honors franchises quote core themes <laughs> okay so Dom Toretto's cousin the high octane streetcar streetcar uh, oh I guess that means something different to you guys <laughs> wait <laughs> hold on what? two thoughts number one if they were bringing if they were bringing Paul Walker back for Fast and Furious 10 it would guarantee that it's going to be Fast and Furious 10 Highway to Hell uh, however uh, it would be so good if there was a Fast and Furious movie that was purely about racing uh, New Orleans <laughs> slash San Francisco style streetcars street mm-hmm Oh my god, it's New Orleans versus San Francisco Battle of the Trolleys. They're on a track. <laughs> Winner takes Ollie. <laughs> uh, the high-octane streetcar franchise can now be viewed by kids as DreamWorks teams with Universal to bring the saga to the world of animation on Netflix. What a fucking sentence. What There's a... no goddamn world of animation. There is no... To the world of animation! Mm. Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers, December 7th. Why is everything... Oh, wait, no, that was just, uh, like, the red carpet review. My oh, bad. Oh, sure. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're trying to read a story? Based on Universal's multi-billion dollar franchise, Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers follows a diverse teenage pack of friends led by Tony Toretto, oh. who ushers his team on the adventure of a lifetime as they are recruited by a secret government agency to infiltrate a notorious racing gang. So I don't think that DreamWorks has ever made anything good. The people who... I'm so sad about this. It's... What the fuck is this? Listen, we had a lot of good times with Fast and the Furious. Why is this a thing? We had a lot of really good times with Fast and the Furious. We are in a very dark time for Fast and Furious. We had Hobbs and Shaw, which was fun but troublesome. Yeah. And now this shit is happening. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. The worms turned for the last couple weeks, but who knows? Spy racers? Spy, well, sorry, Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers. Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers might be pretty good. I don't know that DreamWorks has ever made anything good, though, but we'll certainly hold out hope. Here's a sentence in this goddamn article. For characters like Layla Gray and Echo to be a representation of women who are (laughs) unapologetic unapologetic about their love of cars and racing and high-speed chases. That's not even a... That's not a complete sentence, Chung. Who's Chung? Who the fuck is Chung? And why is he speaking in broken English? This is is an incredible article. Where'd you find this? It's the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, nice. Hey. Alright, this is done. Okay, it debuts... Oh my god. It debuts on December 26th on Netflix. December 26th? We'll be on break. We'll be on break. We can watch all of it. And come back and talk about it. Spy Racers. Uh, You know what? 
Okay. We've agreed to a lot of dumb shit on this podcast. We have to watch it. We've agreed to a lot of dumb shit. I'm going to make... We cannot make an addendum. I'm going to make the first concession. No, we have to watch it. I'm going to make the first concession to the the fuck you that we've made on this whole podcast is I will watch the first episode. There is no guarantee that we will watch all of it, though we may. I'm sorry, John. What is the very famous saying from the Fast and Furious universe? You ride, you fight. <laughs> yes. You ride, you fight. You ride. Toretto's Muscle Car Club. So, we'll watch the first episode. Do a supplemental reading about it. Ride or die, John. We will... We will do a supplemental reading for the first episode. It's a gun. And then... I agree with you. We will continue to watch the show. But if you can make it all the way through the god-awful, stupid, fantasy trope bullshit that is the Dragon Prince, you can make it through Spy Racers. The Dragon Prince is okay. It sucks. The writing's good. The writing is like baby's first fantasy adventure. They're like wizards. So many goddamn dos ex machinas. They're wizards. Ah, There's a wizard. I I, think there's a wizard and spy kids. That would be fun. I, uh... Wait, not, not Spy Kids. Kid Racers. Yeah, there you go. I... We'll watch it. We'll do a supplementary for the first episode. No guarantees on the rest. No guarantees on the rest, but we we may catch How up we... with it and can do, like, a, a recap. How are we going to do a supplemental reading in, like, a 22-minute episode? We have to find themes. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate you. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh... Fuck it. I love dumb shit. Let's do that. All right. Uh, you ride, you fight. You ride, you fight. Now, it's been a bad week for Fast and Furious. Oh, what happened? Oh, nothing new. Just the things that you were talking about. Okay, okay. I thought... No, I'm still waiting to hear about the uh, the stuntman. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard anything yet. What's his name? I don't know. Yeah, we're bad people. John Watts. That Something Watts. Very familiar. Something Watts. I'm... You know... Apropos of nothing, I'm just going to Google John Watts and see what happens. Oh, John Locke? No, Stuntman. Yeah, no updates since August 8th. You know, I'm sure he just fell out of the news cycle and is Joe Watts. Yeah, but for some reason when I put in John Watts, he comes up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I think he's just on the men. I, you know, he, he, he is a... He came out of the medically induced coma... I feel so bad we didn't keep up on this story. Uh, he got out of intensive care and he, he spoke about the terrifying accident. Seems like he's going to be okay, maybe. Well, that's good. I'm very glad. Actually, I'm reading a news article right now. He got cast as Paul Walker. Oh, interesting. What a heel turn. Uh, that would be... That's not true. That's a joke. If that happened... What an incre- what incredible content for the podcast it would be. Yeah, we could talk about it at we, large. We could certainly talk about it. Uh, but it was a bad week for Fast and Furious. Yes, so let's wrap a bow on this bad shit sandwich of Fast and Furious news and put it in the sun so that it rots and smells up the place. Yes. That's what you do with bad things. Now, uh, I know that our listeners get pretty sick of it, but you know me, I'm a big politics guy. 
I like the politics. You like them? Uh, I watch them. <laughs> you watch them like a lot of people watch football? You're like rooting for your side? Yeah, I think uh, Roger Goodell ruined the fucking game. <laughs> I think they shouldn't have to wear helmets. Is this going to be an update to certain goings-on and the American uh, political system? Listen, I just want to say... So that made me aware of when I was in law school. Proudly for Holloway. Proudly for your dad. First African-American state center in the state of... In the state of Delaware. Everything about... And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and and get hot. I got a lot of... I got hairy legs that turn that... That 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 turn uh, blonde in the sun. And kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. Then they look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And I tell you what, the man, they're not all men. The guys I worked with down there and their guys at the time, they're all good men. Most of them made an awful lot of themselves, and Earl Lark had a rough time. You sent me, you knew Earl, I, I came back a public defender. That is a transcript. I like saying that on occasion, too. Yeah, that is a, it's a classic statement that everyone who's okay says. So, in a world where apparently you don't need to string together a complete sentence in order to run for president... And, you know, get twice the numbers at plus one of Bernie Sanders. No big deal. Is that actually happening? Uh, Yeah. Based on what polls? Uh, I don't know. Who the fuck... What I want to know, honestly... Polls are a shell game. Yeah, well, I want to know this. I want to know. Who the fuck... It's answering polls. No one wants to be fucking bothered. Yeah, polls. Who's like actively going out of their way to be like, where are the pollsters? I need to be polled. I need to be polled over here. Polls seriously are a racket. Polls are a racket. It made made, 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 made no sense. But let's be clear. That is Joe Biden. That is Joseph Biden. Current uh, leading, in terms of a couple different polls, candidate... For uh, president of the United States. We're fucked. I would like to make this much clear. I did read his statement uh, that he delivered. And at this point, it's almost kind of sad. Because he shouldn't be up there talking. Uh, And our current president shouldn't be up there talking. We need to stop turning uh, old, doddering men into uh, pawns for political ambitions. It's sad. There needs to be a new requirement for president. One, yeah, 35 years old and up. Two, you gotta be able to finish a sentence. There needs to be like an entrance exam. Yeah, yeah. Look, you can't drive in the United States without taking a comprehensive test about the rules of driving. Yeah. There needs to be a test for president with one question... The question is, write a complete sentence. That's not really a question, more of a command. Just write one goddamn complete sentence. I think it doesn't even have to be that. It's go shopping for and successfully complete and get items from a relatively complicated grocery list. Yeah, okay, yeah. You go to Whole Foods and find, like, gluten-free pizza dough. Yeah, it's like, you need to be able to have a grocery list in front of you and it says, like, milk, and you don't have to specifically be told what kind of milk it is. 
Uh, and then you're like Durham flower. You have to be able to navigate yeah. that and like talk to somebody to get it. You have to use a lot of skills to get a relatively complicated grocery order. You get the list and at the top it lists like you are shopping for a gluten-free vegan. and But then it lists just normal things. Yeah. And so you have, you have to navigate because it's not spelled out for you. So yeah. like, it says, you know. I don't, so it says milk. It's like, oh, they're vegan. So that means soy milk or yeah. almond milk. Yeah, it's going to be an alt milk. Yeah, some one of these two types of milks. And so then you gotta you gotta know this stuff. You know, maybe there should be a cutoff year. <laughs> you know, we got we got a cut in year thirty five. Yeah. Maybe there should be like a cutoff year at like I don't know seventy. <laughs> oh, I feel as though I'm a big. You know me. I'm a big minimum wage guy. Okay. And then I believe there should be a minimum wage. So that people don't get paid less than than they deserve. Yeah, and it also needs to be significantly higher than what it is right now, and $15 is just the start. Uh, yeah, it needs to be more like 20 uh, Oh, hold on. What are we going to pay? What are we going to pay entry-level positions? How will, how will we use... How can we give that money to our CEOs if we're giving it to our workers? How? Uh, but I'm also... I think there maybe should be a maximum wage. Uh, oh, yeah, And yeah. I think maybe for president, there's... There know, is a maximum wage for president. Isn't it like 40, but there should No, there should be a maximum age. A minimum oh, age and a maximum yeah. age. There should be a an acceptable window for becoming president. Let's let's make it 70, 72. And yeah, that, that cuts Bernie out. But Bernie's an anomaly. Well, the thing is, it's like, yeah, Bernie's an anomaly, but, like, if we have that 70 roof put in, that means, you know, people who haven't been in politics their entire goddamn life will have to turn to and be like, hey, what are your ideas? Yeah. You haven't been around forever. And, uh, of course, the, uh, we need new blood. I mean, Bernie has openly said that if someone runs on his exact same platform and he genuinely believes that they're as committed as he is and younger than he is, he will immediately drop out. All right, well, all right. Oh, shit. I can't do it yet. You can't do it yet. Now you're 35. Yeah. As soon as I turn 35, I'll be like, I'm running for president <laughs> and I believe 5% of the families get 100% of the money. I'm a Jew from Brooklyn. <laughs> yep. And everyone will be like, take one look at me, like, you're, you're not. You're none not. of that is true. <laughs> none like, of that is I'm true. running on the same platform <laughs> as Bernie Sanders. Like, yeah, but you're running on a Bernie Sanders impression. You're not actually running <laughs> on, on, on. What are your beliefs? My beliefs are the same as Senator Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Do you believe in Medicare for all? I love Medicare for all. Do you know what Medicare is? No. <laughs> no. But I believe all of us should have access to it. And so says our Lord and Savior, Bernie Sanders. I believe every man, woman, and child should have access to Medicare for all. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever that means. And so, like, what do you mean by all? Birds, dogs, buildings, okay, I well, want it. What do you mean by Medicare? I... Have a few ideas about what Medicare is. I need to read the rest of Bernie Sanders' transcripts. Look, 5%, 5% of the meta has 100% of the care. I All I know is that less than 1% of the wealth is owned by 90% of the people. And that's what we're gonna change. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I've noticed a thing, a trend in a, I, so I think we follow Bernie Sanders on Twitter or enough people retweet him. We should, or Mike Gravel. Uh, who's Mike Gravel? Don't get into it. Bernie Sanders has started this trend as of late. He ends all of his tweets with, and that is what we're going to (laughs) change. And so I like slipping that in to, to declarative statements like, yeah, we need to get some some milk, and that is what we're gonna change. <laughs> that is what we're gonna change. There will be milk in that fridge by the time that I'm elected president. I love him, uh, but no, I think that you're. I don't want to be ageist. Well, no, but, but like, look, there's a trend. Yeah, we've seen this time and time again over a bunch of different issues. Like a bunch of white men get to dictate what is best for women's bodies. A bunch of old people get to ask questions to Mike Zuckerberg about technology when clearly they don't understand the technology that they're asking about. Like, I don't want to be ageist, but the issues that we're facing today require a little bit of knowledge and and, and forethought and, and forward thinking. Like, even the climate change thing, we need people who have, and this is going to sound a little offensive, skin in the game. Yeah. People who are going to stick around yeah, and, and face the consequences of the decisions they're making today. I, I think that's absolutely right. Because if we look at most of our decisions are being made by like super old white people. And I consider myself to be a relatively in-tune guy. I spend a lot of time on Twitter, uh, Twitch. I like the internet. I'm on my, my telephone. I like to watch movies on my telephone. Listen, it depends what... It matters what's on the record player. You guys. Um, but no, I like to consider myself like relatively in tune. Yeah. I've got like a 20% success ratio with knowing what Zoomers are into. Okay. Kind of. I've, I've I just talked to one. I just like learned about vibe checks today. It's a whole thing. Is that where you're like... Uh... What kind of vibe are you? What kind of well? It's like uh, from what I understand, someone will, like come up to you a party or a social event and be like, "Hey, vibe check," because they're trying to like check in on you to see how you're doing. But it has become no, 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 no. That's no. what it used to be. No, but that sounds so like considerate and nice. Yeah, but now it's become oppressive, and now oh. vibe check is an ironic thing. Oh no, yeah. it's supposed to start ironic and become sincere. Uh, but no, I uh, millennials these days. Millennials. Uh, but no, Zoomers. I know twenty percent of the time really what they're into, which I feel like is the natural way of things. Yeah, you can be a seventy-five-year-old person. And get where 30-year-olds are coming from with a tremendous amount of effort. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot to be the grandpa who knows what the TiVo is. It, it takes concerted effort. You gotta put effort. the record player on. Wait, it that's t- the wrong voice. Yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what Biden sounds like. He just sounds like he's got new teeth. <laughs> uh, but it's tough, right? It's tough to be that person. Uh, so I get wanting a maximum age because they can only know so much about the things that we are facing. We've seen it time and time again in like families and on culture and, and stories. It, it pervades the human storytelling gene that when people get a certain age, they kind of shut the world out and yeah. it becomes like, I know best because I've been around the longest and I'm, I'm being very reductive about it, 
But it's like if you stick around this this crazy planet for 60, 70 years, the tendency is you kind of tend to think you know how things work. Yeah, I think it's two things. Your brain's pretty fucking full. Uh, but also, there is a sense of superiority with seniority. Yeah, yeah. It's because like I made it this far, therefore... So- it's, it's the fucking millionaire fallacy where it's like, oh yeah, I made a million dollars... So that means I know a little bit about business. Yeah. When really it's like it's it's making money in any climate is 90% luck. Yeah. And surviving to the age of 70 is like 90% just happenstance. Yeah. It doesn't... Being alive takes maybe like three things, like eating, drinking, and breathing. Like mm-hmm. you, you can sit in a room for 100 years and never be exposed to danger... And still come out alive. Yeah. It happens by accident. It does. And, and so, so it, you know, but we get this entitlement with with having a, a lot of money and a lot of age. And that goes doubly for all these politicians who are like double they dipping. Both. Yeah, they got both. It's So that's why, yeah, a, a maximum, a roof on the, on the age. So I'm going to, I'm going to set maximum minimums. You tell me if it's too aggressive. Minimum age, keep it 35. Because I don't feel like I could be president. You know, president, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because you can be, you can get into, you can be a, like AOC yeah. is a senator or mm-hmm. congresswoman? What? Which one is she? Congresswoman. She's a congresswoman and she's she's under 35. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can get into politics as a youngin. Like, I think there's governors who are like 20. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. so for president, I think 35. Yeah, yeah. president, keep it 35. 35. Maximum age, let's call 36. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Once you're 36, you're out. You're a pinch. There's a tight band. There's a tight, tight band. Which is tough. Let me tell you, it's tough. Because your election cycle is typically a little bit longer than a year. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so actually, it's actually impossible. No one can be president. Yeah. Your election cycle has to begin what is on the, your birthday. What's the point of the president? Uh, what's the point of the president? Congress? To be a puppet man. Well, it's like, okay, so Congress represents, like, the people, and they, they are the ones who, like, do tax law and stuff like that. The Senate handles, like, the, the, the regulation stuff. The, the, the judges, the judicial branch, of course, is, like, the final say on all, all judicial manners. What the fuck does the executive branch actually goddamn do? Um, a lot of atrocities. <laughs> they definitely do a lot they of They represent those. the nation, I guess. Like, they, yeah. they're the ones who go to the summits and stuff, but, like... Leader of three world. It's almost can, as can, if... Can Trudeau... Can, can Trudeau... What's his name? Trudeau. Trudeau, can he be the leader of the free world for a little while? I don't know. I don't know if I want him to lead the free world. Oh, the blackface thing? Uh, he's just not... He's, he's, he's got problems. Are there any good leaders? Yeah. Boris Johnson. <laughs> no, absolutely not Boris <laughs> That's Johnson. A joke. Uh, hopefully, Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, I don't know. Isn't James Corbyn like a late night talk James show? Corden? No, he's Buster for Jones in Cats. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Yeah, you were... Uh, I don't mean that. I just don't like him as a person. See, this is great. You don't know all the UK election stuff, so you don't know about all the like anti-Semitism stuff. We don't stuff. need to talk about Quote, it. Quote-unquote anti-Semitism. Uh, and we shan't talk about it. But who are good leaders in the world? <sighs> I 
Abe's no good. Merkel's got problems. Trudeau so, loves oil and blackface. <laughs> so, I mean, is that... Is that just sort of endemic of being human? Couldn't we name an actually good human? Yeah, I can. Who? Bernie Sanders. 90% of the people <laughs> are bad, but 10% yay okay, and my accent's slipping very hard. There are good people. I think it's difficult to have good leaders because to become a leader, you must be corrupted because yeah. you must exist within its system. Well, it's like you can't be the a... The only way to truly succeed is to destroy the system. But you can't make a million dollars without exploiting people. You can't. You can't make a million dollars without taking advantage of things, the, the works of people that you don't pay, you know? So, like, no one makes a million dollars without using the roads. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, so you can't be a politician and be a good person. Yeah, it's tough to be a person and be a good person, but if you're a politician, it's almost impossible to be a good person. Right? This is an interesting thought exercise to imagine how much excess labor you exploit on a daily basis. I mean, me personally? Oh, Amazon. Amazon. Grocery stores? Grocery stores, roads. Fuck! Your job. Well, this, this is, this is uh, what the... Anyone gr- who provides any work product to you through your job. This is um, a, really, a, a really big plot point in, in the, the, the most recent season of The Good Place. It, 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 it's a smiled spoilers, but like they determine it's almost impossible to be a good person anymore. The almond milk. Big, what? The almond milk in the first two seasons that yeah, kept yeah. coming back to yeah. Chidi was in the bad place. Oh, it keeps going. Okay, but uh, no, it, it, it keeps going. But yeah, yeah, it, like it's impossible because all of our actions have so many unintended consequences and uh, like strings attached. Like to be a good person, you have to sit in a room for a hundred years with your needs met by, I guess, a self-sustaining system environment. Yeah, that that's the only way. Like it's impossible. To be a, quote, good person and not not use any exploited labor. Like, video games, crunch time. I mean... Yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing is safe. The... It's a, it's a difficult... It's a thorny subject because, like, the things that I try to do on a daily basis... I, I try to be cognizant of... And I feel like you can get into kind of like a Karl Marx capital... Uh, approach to this real like oh it's excess labor yeah but excess labor is essentially just uh code for a certain kind of exploitation uh, and it's exploitation through capital and through work product but i also feel like if we break it down to we need to figure out on a daily basis how much we are exploiting living things and how much we're exploiting the environment how much exploitation we directly benefit from that comes at the detriment to the thing we are exploiting uh, it's very difficult because it's basically impossible to exist without doing some meaningful form of exploitation in your daily life. Yeah. So, like, the things I do, like not eating meat, and thus far, I think for the past four months, I haven't bought anything on Amazon. Uh, I'm doing, like, a soft Amazon boycott. Which is... Yeah. I've still got Prime, so I should really get rid of that. But uh, there's some good videos and stuff. Yeah, that's that's there there are some good videos and stuff. Uh I, I really keep it for the movies I can just watch and rent. Yeah. Um but I have Prime. 
I really don't like to buy things from Amazon. I don't like to use Express or overnight shipping when I can help it. But, like, the things that I do on a daily basis have ticked it down, like, one or two ticks. Yeah. Out of the maybe two trillion ticks that I've got in my life. I mean, like, we get to the point where it becomes, like, the weird, the, 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 the news corporation publishing a story about, about, like, here's how you can re- reduce your your carbon footprint mm-hmm. when it's like it's corporations our carbon footprint might be like let's say 10 and a corporation's carbon footprint is like a billion like yeah if if anyone needs to really have regulations on their goddamn carbon footprint it's, it's the companies that just churn out all of this energy expansion expenditure stuff and, and like they're really drawing on the grid whereas it's like oh i left a light on in the other room when i wasn't in it yeah. I, it, oh, it's my fault. Yeah, it's it's my fault. But, like, you... So, this really burns me up. If you, like, go just driving at night, and you're passing all these closed businesses with their lights on, or, like, their menu screens on... Yeah. Because they don't... They never turn them off. Or, like, large corporations who have massive office campuses that just have lights on constantly. Yeah, yeah. You, you pass all these skyscrapers and stuff, and, like, they're just... Whole floors with like emergency lights on, and they might be low wattage or something. I'm, I'm I don't know, but like the point is, they could be off. They they absolutely could be. Why off. Why aren't they off? And I hear like, oh, it's a security thing. It's like, well, a billion dollar corporation probably has enough insurance that any sort of like robbery that they yeah. experience well, will people, be covered. Are gonna are people gonna break in and steal twenty-four Dell Optiplex desktops? Like, yeah. Like I've, sure that might happen, but yeah, like that might happen, but that's the what, insurance covers it. That's what like twelve thousand dollars, that's nothing. There's a whole industry of insurance for businesses that cover loss prevention, like Walmart doesn't report every stolen item. Look, I don't want to encourage our listeners to do anything. But do crime. One of the easiest things you can do is steal. Pull uh, a heist. Watch Ocean's 11, 13, yes. and 8. And and Billion and, and Blob. Uh, George Clooney Blob. And uh, learn, learn how to pull off a heist. One, it's impossible. Because two, the writer's... Made sure the heist happened while no one was watching, which, come on. Yeah. Come on. The, the, so, uh, have you been watching the most recent season of Rick and Morty? No. Okay, well, there's a heist episode that proves that heists are dumb. And I think Dan Harmon just doesn't like heist movies, because this is the second episode he's made about, like, anti-heist movies across two properties. Heist, uh, heists are dumb concepts. But the the thing is... I'll like, buy it. I, I love ISIS. You, you love ISIS? Man, <laughs> what an inflammatory statement to make on a public podcast. Uh, and this, the weird part is I'm not even going to respond to... But I'm just saying the, the thing that you need to do is think about how much you're exploiting anything on a daily basis. Uh, because, like you were saying, individual action... It's not as simple as you think it is because the things that you do on a daily basis, let's say, increase your carbon footprint because that's like a relatively easy thing to track. It's like you can feel very bad about leaving a light on in another room, but that is not nearly as bad as buying a Coke or buying a Whopper or 
Oh. Buying a pair of Nikes. Supporting a company that is doing a much worse job at reducing their carbon footprint than you leaving a light on. Absolutely. Supporting bad companies. But also, if you buy a pair of Nikes, you're increasing demand for new work product. New work product of of leather, of space-age materials, of labor, that is doing way more harm to the environment through one pair of shoes than you leaving a light on for the rest of your fucking life. This is your thing. We took you to a um, some type of sports store, and you were talking about how you check an app to see, like, what is the environmental impact of the company you're about to buy from. Yes. What is the name of that app? Good on you. Good on you. Yes. Good on you all together, one word. Yeah, so so yeah. So like I was about to ask, so what is the what is a good shoe to buy? But the point is I don't need to ask you. There are resources out there. Yeah. That'll tell me this brand over that brand about like the environmental impact or the, the damage to the planet that they're causing. Mm-hmm. There are resources out there. They're absolutely the the problem How is that is new balance. Um, other than the fact that their owner, their CEO, and pretty much their whole board are huge, like, MAGA Trump guys, uh, New Balance is probably fine. Uh, yeah, New Balance and Yingling, if you hate Trump, cross them off your list. As in the beer? Yeah. Yingling? The owner of Yingling, huge MAGA dude. Wow, that used to be one of my go-tos that I would never order because I live in Austin (laughs) Yeah, you live in a place with actual good beer now, because fuck Yingling. Mm. Uh, also, Yingling has a... Beer that I believe they call a black and tan. Yeah. Really cool look naming it after a series of uh, Gestapo-like terrorist police officers during the Troubles. Very cool. Um, but anyway. You reminded me of something I want to talk about. Uh, I'm just saying, you already know in your heart what the best shoe to buy is. Tell me. No shoes. Oh, no. The best don't, thing... Don't be don't be one of these people. I'm just saying, the best thing to buy is nothing. The best thing... Oh, okay. The best thing... I'm not a barefoot is legal guy. I'm, I'm just... There are people out there that are like, you know, wearing shoes <laughs> is bad for your foot. And I'm uh, like, glass exists, bitch. Uh, and, yes. uh, I don't talk uh, like that, but still. I've seen Die Hard. Uh, but no, the <laughs> best... The best anything to buy is... Nothing, and keep what you have right now, and fix or modify it. Yeah. That's it. Darn your socks. Pill your sweaters. Resole your shoes. Don't get me on this pilling thing. It doesn't exist. It absolutely exists. It doesn't exist, and why the... We'll talk to your wife about it later. No, I don't (laughs) want to have this conversation again. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, what did you want to talk about? Because I I could talk about how uh, we're all uh, well, sinful creatures all day. Uh, you mentioned... Uh, I ate two Whoppers before I came here. Don't do as I have done. You, you mentioned some, uh, well, just CEOs and them being fuckheads. So here's just a headline that came across, I came across in the past two weeks. That uh, And stop me if you heard this story. Papa John's founder... Oh, John <laughs> John Schneider, my wet, wet boy. Papa John's founder eats more than 40 pizzas in 30 days. The verdict, colon, it tastes different. Can we talk about John Schneider? Can we talk about John Schneider's... There are downward spirals, and there is then there's the journey that this man is taking... Can we talk about John Week Sh- John Schnatter's MTV's best week ever? Yeah. <laughs> Where he appeared 
where he appeared on a on a on a nothing news program. <laughs> in, made national news. He, he appeared. He appeared and made national news in what is the critics are calling the worst lit interview yeah. of Look. the last twenty. Because they decided to light him in such a way as to <laughs> cast him in darkness, but also perfectly illuminate his his permaflop sweat. He he is like bloated. He is red. He is puffy. He he's is wet. He's, in sweat. he's most importantly wet. Oh. Like his face is wet with sweat, but also his hair is visibly wet and, yeah. and in his face. Yeah. And he repeatedly warns of a coming day of reckoning. He's he's got the Clark Kent curly cue going on for Superman. There was no hair and makeup on set that day, or they were like, "You're good, John." It, it's, Go crazy. It. Uh, this... it's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Listen, listen to where I'm going with okay. this. A couple of months ago, uh, John Schneider is, is removed. Schneider. Whatever his name is. Is removed from, like, this being the CEO of Papa John's, but he's still on the board. Yes. Then a couple of weeks later, during some racial sensitivity training, <laughs> he says some very racially charged things, and he's removed from the board. He says racially charged things, which he states he was goaded into saying, which... I don't know how much convincing it would take for me to say the N-word yeah, yeah. at a board meeting. Probably. A lot. <laughs> yeah, probably. Electric cow prods are like, they're like, say it, say it. Probably more than I could possibly imagine. So, so yeah, so months ago, removed from being the CEO, weeks pass, removed from the board, months pass not a not a word from john schneider or whatever the fuck his name is uh-huh and then his reappearance into the limelight is the worst lit interview <laughs> for a nothing like news channel and the takeaway that the nation gets is i've eaten 40 pizzas <laughs> in 30 days <laughs> i mean he says I it eat- tastes different <laughs> it tastes Forty pizzas in thirty days, John. Yes. What? The way they're what? making pizzas. Did he get just... like a? Did he get like a a Papa John's black card where it's like it's free? <laughs> I like to imagine he still calls in his order at Papa John's and he orders. This is the Papa. No, he he orders seemingly anonymously, and he says, "Can I have one large pepperoni pizza?" I'm like. John, we we can't keep doing this. I'm a customer. You have to serve me. <laughs> the customer is always right. Better, in, better ingredients. Better pizza. Yeah. Uh, John Schnatter's really killing it. The amazing thing, like... And I gotta say, kind of sexy with it. <laughs> the amazing thing is, like, he's been gone, let's say, half a year. Let's say six months. There's no way the new CEO would come in and be like, you know what? Let's make our pizzas worse. <laughs> yes. I, I, as a new CEO, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Keep doing that. Yeah, don't change the pizzas. Don't change a thing. The last guy got ousted not because of poor business performance, because he was a racist fuckhead. You know what's real? So it's like, you guys seem to be doing a good job. 
Why would I change a goddamn thing? Now, I haven't eaten a Papa John's pizza now for like five years. We got a little Marco's now because uh, it's owned by like a... Because uh, its logo looks like Goatsy. Um, well, well, no, it... Oh my god, you're not the only person <laughs> to point this out. But the local franchise is owned by like a nice Pakistani family and like they always give us discounts and I like them. Shop local. Uh, Papa John's was always my like go-to national pizza chain because they were just better, kind of. Well, their rewards program was awesome. I have no idea. They were the first one to do like the the like you get points for buying pizza, and you buy like three or three pizzas and you get a free pizza. Like it it's was pretty good. It was it was awesome. I uh, so Papa John's just kind of tasted better than like Domino's and Pizza Hut in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So they were my uh, go to, but. If there's a new CEO, you have to imagine that that new CEO told them, don't change the way the pizzas are made. But he didn't understand the secret recipe. He didn't understand what made Papa John's pizza so much better. Every pizza they made. Every one they made. John Schnatter would come into the kitchen and he would gently, gingerly whisper the N-word to that pizza before it went out the door. Something's different. (laughs) It doesn't taste like somebody was racially insensitive to this pizza. It doesn't taste like someone whispered an epithet to this pizza. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, no, John Schnatter. Also, let's not not overlook that he keeps... He repeatedly, not just once, multiple times in an interview said that there is a coming day of reckoning. Day of reckoning, yeah. What the fuck is it? Pizzageddon. Yeah, Pizzageddon. Coming to a Papa John's near you. 2020. He's eating, he's eating 40 pizzas in 30 days. 30 days! That's... I, I buy a pizza, and I can make a pizza last two to three days. There's a, uh... Well, if I'm not sharing it with my wife. There is a theory where people say he meant to say 40 slices of pizza in threes. And you know what? That's still a lot. It's too much. That's still more than one pizza per week. Yeah. That's a tremendous... What if Papa John only eats pizza? This really (laughs) makes me want pizza. Oh, pizza is delicious, but I'm very full from beer. I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to make you eat pizza. Good. I'm going to go to my favorite local vegan pizza joint. Name it. That really depends. If oh. Since we're in the city you live in, Austin. That was a weird way to say that. Uh, I'll probably go like Blaze Pizza or something. Blaze Pizza is really good. It's actually There's one right off 80, 183. Yeah, Blaze Pizza is good. Uh, Flaming Pizza has fallen in my eyes. There's a couple local joints like East Side Pies makes a really good super thin vegan pizza. Ooh, Via 313. They make a super awesome vegan Detroit-style pizza. I still haven't had VO313. You like Detroit-style pizza? It's okay. okay. That's, well, that, uh, there's a very funny story about Detroit-style pizza, and I'll tell you it right now. Little Caesars has existed since the beginning of Earth. Like, it has been around time innumeral. Yes. But in, like, 2015, they, they like, relabeled their whole branding to say Detroit-style pizza. (laughs) And I was like, wait a second, Little Caesars. Hold on. What the fuck is Detroit-style pizza? And, like, did you just create that to say, like, you're a type of pizza? Because there's one thing you are, and it's cheap, and there's another thing that you aren't, and it's good. Yes. (laughs) I, uh, which is interesting to me. I'm not a big little C's fiend. I, 
for like in college and uh my grad school years where I was living off a stipend and nothing else uh I almost entirely sustained sustained myself on like their 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 deep dish uh $8 hot and ready box mm-hmm. because one it was cheap and two I could make that last like 4 days you remember uh when we were both in college yeah. and I was working out all the time uh, there was oh, a period yeah. of time where I was where I just tried to eat as much food as possible to bulk up. Once a week, I would uh, go to the little the Little Caesars mm-hmm. and I would buy a five dollar hot and ready cheese pizza and eat it. I would go to the Dollar General near my apartment when I lived at those shitty apartments and I would buy a whole thing of Oreos and a gallon of whole milk. And I would oh, consume no. an entire hot and ready pizza, an entire thing of Oreos, an entire gallon of whole milk over the course of a day. You did a gallon of milk a day. Not a, just on that one day. On I did that not, one day. Yeah. This was still in my yeah. vegetarian times, but uh, my stomach's bulletproof. Well, I, I really have not. The only time that I've had a stomach ache from food that I ate in recent memory was yesterday. I had three bags of Takis. Uh, which are really relatively hot, but very sour chips. Uh, so I get kind of stomach achy. But... I think I've tried it before, and I was like, this is weird. Yeah, Takis are great. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, that was the only experience I had with Little Caesars was the few weeks that I did that. But Man, I miss those times when we worked out together, because that was my fittest. But Detroit-style pizza is typically rectangular, thick, and has like a pronounced crust. Oh, yeah. Does... Little Caesars have anything that's like that? Because that's what Detroit style pizza is. That was is. their deep dish. Oh. Yeah, it was rectangular. Okay, but that's not a deep dish pizza. Deep well, dish pizza is like a lasagna. Well, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's just what they called it. Ridiculous. You can't have something that's Detroit style pizza and deep dish. Shut up. Shut up. I like a Detroit style pizza, though. It's fine. Yeah. It's like a lasagna. So uh, we've talked about how we can not e- exploit labor and Detroit style pizza. Well, in the same breath, too. Yeah. Well, that's just because, honestly, the fact that that made headlines and, like, people... John Schnatter. People ate up. John Schnatter. He is the patron saint of the Zero Credits podcast. Is he? Not really. No. And then he said the... the we re- don't stand by his weird racial things, but we do love how his life is spiraling out of control. Yeah, And let's I, not mince words. He's still, like, probably a millionaire. Yeah, I don't hope for the best for him, but I hope he continues to be in the limelight. I hope he continues to be a a big, wet disaster. It's so weird to me that you can, like, (sighs) this is just my, I guess, my weird, I want the world to be better kind of thing. It's weird to me that you can be a bad person and still be a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, maybe the real the real truth of it is that a lot of people who are millionaires are bad people. I think that it's hard to be a millionaire and be a good person. Well, like, so Bernie Sanders is now a millionaire because he wrote a book. Yeah. He's See? also worked at that for 40 years. So maybe that's the exception that proves the rule. But then you've got Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk who are, like, awful. Yeah, By the awful, way, awful people. Elon Musk has a guest... A starring role on uh, on Rick and Morty. Oh, he plays an alternative version of himself called Elon Tusk. Okay, who allows his workers to unionize. Oh, that's funny. And he has like a thing. Like he says, "Rick Morty, why are you here? 
did something happen to your world's version of Elon Musk? It's like, no, you're just the nicer version of him. We want to work with you and not him. It's like, but he's playing the character. It's Elon Musk playing the character. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. Like, I don't know. I I don't know that. What uh, the fuck? I don't know that uh, workers' rights violations should be a joke. Yeah. Uh, but it probably shouldn't. Yeah. But I guess that's where we live right now. Oh. Oh, I mean, but also John. it's very cool that they allow... It's very cool that that's a thing. It's very cool that unions, not to undersell that thing, but unions have been shit on for the last, like, 20 years in popular media. So if they're saying unions are good, great. Well, I, yeah. That's good. You want to hear something very fucked up in the last few minutes of this podcast? Yes. So this was... Elon Musk died. This was for Tesla. Uh-huh. Uh, a junior engineer for Tesla had a disagreement with Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And so Elon Musk ordered him to go to a warehouse. He was like, just go to that warehouse. Then he called the police and said, hey, uh, one of my employees has got, he's really like worked up. And I think he has a gun and he might be like, I think he might be doing a mass shooting. It was his plan for the police to show up and murder that guy. But that's not what happened. So this isn't real. This is a real goddamn thing. This can't be real. This is a real thing. This can't be real. This is a real thing. Elon Musk cannot be using the American police to be a death squad. Elon Musk tried to destroy a Tesla whistleblower. Well, this is hacker news. Can I trust that? Maybe. Okay, you should, you can always go salon. the you can always go the failing New York Times. I can't find anything other than a couple of sensationalist headlines, so maybe it might not be true. But maybe that's that's information suppression. I don't know. There was a whistleblower for Tesla. Some issue with something for Tesla, and rather than hear him out, the employee who is anonymous is claiming that. Elon Musk is trying to do everything he can to silence him. That's uh, horrifying. Uh, I, I mean, we can only trust the mainstream news so much. Not to be Joe Rogan about this shit, but oh, also, man. Um, oh man, Elon Musk has done a. Hear me out. A bad job of being a human. This is going to be a harder train of logic to follow than most of mine, but Elon Musk. Regardless of whether or not, hear me out, he tried to have a Tesla whistleblower killed by the police, he has undisputably committed a worse crime with greater human impact, which is become an independently wealthy billionaire, Who which were- is equal to the deaths of hundreds of people. Well, yeah, and like he specifically. Stopped his workers from unionizing in a way that was very, really mean. Yeah. Just don't do that. But if you're a millionaire, you're probably responsible for the deaths of at least a couple hundred people uh, indirectly. So... There's a great moment. Regardless of whether or not he actually tried to kill this guy, we know for a fact, without a doubt, that he has done something worse. There's a great moment in the latest uh, half-season of BoJack Horseman... Duke and Birdie? 
I never saw it. Yeah, uh, it got canceled. Oh. Right after that animation studio unionized. Mm. Like, seriously. Yikes. Uh, but there's a great moment in the, the, the latest half season of uh, Bojack Horseman. They introduce a character uh, who was a, a literal white whale who owns everything. Like, they, they list off a bunch of companies. Um, but... Uh, so a journalist is doing like a, an investigation on the company because a whistleblower or like a, a person who was trying to unionize ended up dying in a work accident. And, uh, when the billionaire whale, literal whale confronts played by, uh, the guy who plays Fuchs and Barry. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, confronts the journalist and the journalist is like, Oh, they died in a work accident. And he's like, Oh, well no, he didn't die. No accident. I murdered him. <laughs> And she's like, wait, what? You admit that on tape? And he's like, yeah, Congress just passed a bill that says billionaires can commit murder now. And it's like, oh, that's probably just fucking true. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially true. Uh, so I feel like one of the biggest takeaways of this episode of the podcast is unionize your workplace if you can. Unionize your work. Union... Unionize? unionize your workplace. Un- we do. We do currently live in Texas, where you can't really do that. Unionize your workplace. I think in in Texas, unions can take a consulting role, but are significantly neutered. We're actually living in one of the like weakest worker protection states. Oh, we live in a, an at will state where you can be. My good friend at work got fired for no reason. We live in a right to work state and an at will termination state. It rules. Yeah. Makes me want to fucking move. So here are the takeaways from this episode. One, sad day for the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Long live Spy Racers. Uh, The second thing we need to take away, unionize your workers. What do we... uh, Politics needs a cutoff date. Yes. Oh, I hope we were funny during this episode at (laughs) any point. I really hope we were funny. It feel like we really need... Like, we, we both were on, like, this motivated, like, we have to take... The zeitgeist to task for what has happened in the past two weeks. But I really hope that we did it in a humorous way. Because at the end of the day, our podcast is labeled as a comedic podcast. Hey, look, we hadn't done this for two weeks. We hadn't really spoken in two weeks outside of that party where it's constantly drinking wine and entertaining. I got smashed on a Tuesday night. Oh, I was okay. Should have had more of that wine. But other than that, we haven't really spoke uh, English as she has spoke. But I feel like... I went off the grid for a while. You went off the grid. You you built that house off the grid. No, no. I just visited Jamie's family on a mountain, which is literally off the grid. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's been a while, so regardless of whether or not we were funny, we caught up and we had a good time. Yeah, I just hope it was good to listen to. Eh, who cares? I do because we're a podcast. <laughs> what? I got to do my Bernie Sanders impression, which I'm actually weirdly proud of. Yeah, I get to... I don't know if it's accurate. It's just it's very fun to do. I get to quote Joe Biden and talk about how deeply fuckable the cast of Cats is. You keep saying that. Look at him. Did something... Did something... Look, I've seen the trailer three times. I've been to the movies. Uh, yeah. I was surprised it didn't play in front of Knives Out because <laughs> every other goddamn trailer did. I Look, I'm going to see Little Women. I am tired of seeing the trailer. Shut up. 
I uh, shut up about the trailer. I will see your movie. I had the same thing with Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, did you see it? No, I just saw that trailer a lot. I saw it once in front of. What the fuck was that in front of? Ad Astra, Sad Dads in Space. No, I didn't see that. Joker. Maybe. I feel like it I was feel in like front Jamie of was there. No, she wasn't. Because I was like, this is a French movie. It's about lesbians in my head. Oh, uh, we talked and about this during the Joker talk. Then it happened. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was in front of Joker movie. movie. Yeah. Joker talk. Joker movie. Joker talk. The movie that was also about lesbians. Yes. Unfortunately. My condolences. Um, I think we're hitting that point in the podcast where I need to use the bathroom. So that yeah. means we need to go. Yeah. You need to use the bathroom. I need to go sleep. And everyone listening to this needs to unionize their workplace. And since you're editing the episode, that means I'm doing the social media. Which so, is probably for the best because if I was doing the social media, 100% Bernie Sanders impression the entire time. So take it away, John. So if you want to... God, was, it's been so long. That's funny because he said take it away and you literally took it away from me. That's been you so... You want to contact us on social media, John's going to tell you how. If you want to contact us on social media, you can do so in the following ways. If you want to send us your recent... Fuck, it's been so Thoughts. Long. Okay. Tots. Okay. Look, listen, I don't You want need me to this. do it? I don't need Look. this. 80% no, of the listeners are going to do I it. I don't... 90% of the people who have a Twitter never tweet. Wait. I think you're onto something. If you want to find us and send us your reasons why the 99% of the people have 1% of the wealth and will, will die sad, lonely deaths in the gutter, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Bernie... Oh, that stands for I can't do it when you call me out, but I'm going to try and not slip into my JFK. I can't do it. You called well, me out. Why are you British? You can find us and send us we an tweet, email. We tweet not because it's easy, but because it is hard. I can't tell if you're doing like a Mick Jagger. You can send us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. I don't know how to use email, but I will get my staffers to... Oh, I'm doing the JFK thing, too. I know. It's really hard, right? It slips so easily. You can go from Bernie to JFK, like, chowder versus chowder. It's really surprisingly easy. We're on Facebook. We're on the Hell Site Facebook you can find us by searching for Zero Credits Podcast on Facebook.com, but Fuck do it. not use Facebook. We on Spotify. Search for Zero Credit, open parenthesis, S, close parenthesis on Spotify. Jason Derulo. Ooh, what you say? We're on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts now. Uh, search for Zero Credits, like comment subscribe and hit that bell and you'll get notifications when a new video is uploaded gucci <laughs> is that all um we can't talk what, about twitch because we, we have play videos as well. i got tricked into something on twitter that 
If you're still getting notifications on the zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. Don't, don't sign account. up for someone's OnlyFans account. And don't <laughs> upload as often as you'd think. I got tricked. Something called Podchaser. So if our fans want to go to Podchaser and register an account, you can follow us on that and leave a review. But from what I saw after clicking around... There's not a lot of people on it, but they made themselves seem to be that they were bigger than they were. Oh, no, you put us in the system. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you put us in the Podchaser system. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, I tried, there was a part for creators. Uh huh. And I tried to register us as creators because we create this goddamn podcast. Obviously. But one, it said you have to put in their real name, and two, have to upload like a headshot. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Fuck that. So sorry if you saw those emails. I don't check that email. But lastly, uh, you can tell 90% of the people listening can tell 25% of the people they see in the day. Uh, you can tell a friend zero credits podcast word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. Here. And this god-awful century Medicaid for all. And that's what we're gonna change. Yeah, we want Medicare for all, not Medicaid or Medi-Cal for all. I like Medicages for the children. You like Medicagin. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits... How do you feel about the movie uh, The Princess and the Frog? I actually like it. My only problem with it uh, is uh, they leave New Orleans for like five minutes and find a swamp. How how do you feel about... (laughs) They find a swamp of five minutes within New Orleans. (laughs) Also, the gator is weird. How do you feel about your family being in it? You know, the three rednecks who are flummoxed by a frog. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits... Two bedroom, two bathroom, two This is my room. job. You're right. You did the word of the mouth thing, so oh, I, yeah, I, I get I, messed I, up. I messed I messed, up. No, yeah. it's fine. Princess the Frog I really like because of Keith David. He's really good. I'm just going to say that. I will say, as a kid growing up in a swamp, alligators were not my friend, and I refused to accept any depiction of that because I had reoccurring nightmares. This is a real fact about Henry. I had reoccurring nightmares where I was in a body of water and surrounding me, closing in, were crocs. I watched... Alligators. I watched The Princess and the Frog sober, and I recently watched the first 30 minutes of The Little Mermaid while super high. Uh, I don't know which one I'd recommend, because it got pretty intense with The Little Mermaid. And from everyone here at the very intense Zero Credit Studios, which is comprised of... Two bedrooms and two bathrooms, a kitchen and some stairs. We want to wish you a very intense, happy week. That's it, yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, like, when I was watching it, I'd watch, like, the imaginary story. So I was thinking, like, all of these are, like, hand-drawn by people. It must be an insane experience to work for Disney be like, I'm making the best movie about mermaids and influencing culture forever. Yeah. Man, watch Disney movies high. Shoplift and get high. I've never been high. That's fine. I would like to one day. 
Yeah, I'll buy you an edible. I mean, Texas. I mean, (laughs) we'll go to a state where... Statue of limitations. You bought me an edible 50 years ago. Yeah, wouldn't we go to a state where it's legal? Colorado. (laughs) We never travel together. Well, we'll figure it out. All right, well... Best Worst 2019 coming to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, I'm stuck. Bye. 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 I gotta use the bathroom. Fucking go. Right here on the couch? Clap us out of the goddamn episode and go piss. My hand is full of bottle caps. Why can't you clap? My hand is full of bottle caps. Where you put the bottle cap? Are they down? Just clap. 5% of the people who... Thing. <laughs> what do you fucking want from me? What do you want from me?